This episode of the Andres Segovia Show debuted back in July 2020, but the advice still applies today. This is the Andres Segovia Show. And welcome to program number one. I am Andres Segovia, and I wanted to give you in like some step-by-steps on how to be able to rebuild your credit. So if you fell on hard times before the act of God, as I come to call it, or if you've been irresponsible with your finances that's led you to destroy or have zero credit, either way, all the principles are for you. And yes, that does include those of you that have either had a loss of income or have lost their employment due to COVID-19. The steps are the same. It's just depending on where you are in your finances, the journey to get back to rebuilding your credit might be a little longer, especially if you're looking to buy a property. And that's just it, that for a lot of people that were uh, stuck during quarantine and lockdowns in an urban setting, a lot of them wanted to get out and and buy something outside. That's why property's been scooped up like crazy because if a second lockdown or a third lockdown or however it is, uh, might be down the pipeline, they'd rather be stuck in a place that they call home, preferably with a yard so they're not incubated in some place, versus being stuck in a high-rise and not being able to go anywhere or enjoy anything. So it's with that in mind that if you find yourself in that position, how can you rebuild your credit to get to that position where you can buy? It is absolutely possible. And in some cases, you can buy property with a less than stellar credit. It just affects your rate of being able to purchase on, on the mortgage and also how much out of pocket you can expect to shell out. But we're not going to focus so much on that. Let's focus on the building blocks on to get on getting you over the hump so you can get going on the road to rebuilding your credit. But first, we've got to understand what affects credit because not many people understand what does go into the so-called credit report, what harms it, what benefits it. And that's a short list here of things. So these are pretty straightforward. Payment history, your credit utilization ratio, total debt, a mix of accounts that you use, uh, the age of your accounts, and hard inquiries and public records. We're going to dive into each of these uh, really quick. So let's just take payment history. Payment history is pretty straightforward. Uh, Do you pay your bills on time? Okay, you don't pay them on time. How often don't you pay them on time? And how often do you miss a payment, skip a payment, or anything else? How many times do you fall behind? That is what is payment history. Credit utilization ratio, sometimes we get excited when we're, oh, look, we got approved for a credit card, $10,000 on the credit card. Well, it's good to have a credit card that has that much available to you. But what if you used it all up? That means you have zero available to you. That's what credit utilization ratio means, which lends to the next part, your total debt. How much debt do you carry versus how much income you're making? If you're making way less than how much you owe, then no one can believe you're ever going to climb out of that. That's why they look at total debt and like, uh, your debt ratio makes no sense. So I don't know how you want to buy something when you technically can't afford it according to your credit report the mix of accounts what kind of credit accounts are you carrying it's basically anything that's tied to your social security account that's what they're looking at so we're talking about we're talking about car loans mortgages if you have one um we're talking about uh bills of all sorts from cell phone to utilities and all that that all relies on your social security so when looking all that they want to see what kind of mixed accounts do you have hard inquiries how often are you getting your credit checked and for what purpose? Are you always looking to apply for loans? Those do hurt in the long run. The more you, you search, 
the quicker your um, your credit score goes down. And of course, public records, that's basically bankruptcies and civil judgments um, or liens against you in case you know you owe taxes or child support and stuff like that. So that's what um, public records means. But we want to get on the road to rebuilding the credit. So these are four tips that I basically have for you on Video Real. This is not everything. And I'll leave sources to um, some financial institutions that have their own versions of, hey, do this to get your credit better. Because these are the ones that actually report to the credit unions or to the credit uh, bureaus. And not just that, some of them are the credit bureaus that are listing out ways that you can rebuild your credit. But here's a, a quick summary of four of them that I have. And it's pretty straightforward. Pay your bills on time. Seriously, that's the whole point. If you see a deadline there, it's like, don't play with the grace period. Just pay it on time. Second one is, well, you know, actually leading to that, if you have a stellar record in paying on time and you have a late payment at some point, you can talk to your creditor and say, hey, look, uh, there was a lapse for XYZ reason uh, and I always pay on time. Do you think I get it stricken from my record? And you can. So why not utilize that? But you have to have the good history to weigh in your favor. But if you have a bunch of them and you say, hey, can I get one of them struck? They're like, no, go pound sand. So the next one up is lower your credit utilization ratio. That's pretty straightforward. Don't put everything on the credit card. It's like, oh, look, I'm going to go buy this. I'm going to save money. How are you saving money when you're putting on a credit card and paying what is literally the most expensive interest rate on any loan? A credit card is literally a loan at your disposal, available at the highest rate possible. So whenever you oh, man, 2% for a car loan, 3% for a car loan, 4% for a personal loan, that sounds so high. But you don't mind paying 25%, 29% on a credit card? Revolving charge that never goes away? There's no payoff date to that? It depends on you versus this having a payoff date if you get a car or um, a personal loan and stuff? No, think about that. So lower your credit utilization ratio. And speaking about credit cards, be very careful for them with them. Number three, be careful with your credit cards because it's always tempting that they, oh, I'll use the credit cards to get the reward points. That's how they get you. How, how great are those reward points when you're spending so much on finance charges? And that's why not too long ago, there was a law that's basically forced bank uh, creditors uh, to show you how long it would take you to pay back that one thing over time. So you always see it in the first page of your of your summary. It'll say if you pay this much a month towards your current debt, you'll pay it off in X amount of years. Or if you only pay the minimum, it'll tell you how long it'll take and it'll show you how much more you're spending in finances just to pay that little balance off. So just something for you to think about. And for those of you that that do feel like you're in a rut, um, and you, sometimes because your credit's so bad, you can't get a personal loan to consolidate your loan, your debt, for example, um, some people leverage family and friends relationships, good family and, and friend relationships, just like they would to buy a property. So why not to consolidate your, your debt? Look, don't burn the bridges. So make sure you're taking advantage of these relationships in a good way and honoring that because you want to show you want to get on your feet and that's what family and friends are there for, to help you get through it too, to be there during times of need. That's how you know who your true friends and family are, not just during finances. I'm talking about being there for you when you truly need them. And if this is your most needy position, then this is the place where you can leverage those relationships. And I would encourage you to do so because there have been some some buyers, for example, that uh, may not have all the savings there, but they might have the credit and they'll 
ask a friend that might not have the best credit but does have the finances to show that they can together buy a property or even co-sign on something. So you you probably done it yourself. So you know what I'm talking about. So don't be afraid to ask your friends and family for help if you want to leverage relationships, uh, but don't burn the bridges. Take care of those. Some people like to take advantage and just um, screw someone else up. Don't 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 do it that way. Please, that's not that's not a that's not the humane thing to do. Okay. Okay. All right. So let us get to how these things affect um, your credit. So you have late payments. These payments, uh, they can be on your record for some time. So after seven years from when they first went delinquent, then they can uh, disappear. Uh, when it comes to collections, they remain on your credit report for seven years. And that's after the original delinquency date. That goes the same thing for the late payments. So keep this in mind. If you have a payment that you missed and the payments were never brought current, the debt is moved to collections, that's something else. But the thing is, every time you get a late payment, that seven-year counter starts from there. So make sure you don't fall behind it. You're, you're being prudent. Don't reset the clock. Pay it on time to get those late payments off your back. And it takes place over seven years. Collections, where we spoke about that. Now, not every bankruptcy is created equal. So a Chapter 7 bankruptcy, that one stays on your record from 10 years from the filing date. And that's because Chapter 7 bankruptcy is the kind that completely discharges the debt, get rid, gets rid of the debt. So the more attractive one that only lasts seven years after the filing date is Chapter 13 bankruptcy because that's basically where you're making a settlement with your creditors. Like, look, I can't pay you everything, but can we settle to pay less? And that one will be considered a Chapter 13 bankruptcy if that's what you're settling for and it's still on your record for seven years after the filing date. Okay, if you were going to declare bankruptcy, preferably number 13 over number 7 because you'll be able to get back uh, into, the, into action with your credit a lot sooner than Chapter 7. So this is supposed to be like number four, five, and six, but or five, six, seven. Anyway, um, civil court judgments, they stay on your credit report for seven years from the filing date. So what are they? And just know that uh, if you can get them paid off, great. If you, you small claim staying, or in this case, uh, paid tax liens. If you paid them, then they're removed from your credit seven years later. If they're not paid, they're still up there like 10 years. That's like a chapter seven bankruptcy. You don't want that. And if you did have a lot of hard inquiries, this is the last one here, the hard inquiries, they do tend to drop off after two years. And after some time, they do not harm your FICO score as much as they did when you first did the hard inquiry. So you want to take advantage of that to, or not take advantage of hard inquiries so you can avoid them, avoid them at all costs. And ultimately, if you find yourself struggling with debt, if you don't know where to start, or if you, wanna, if you have too many payments and you want to make them into one, that's where you shouldn't be afraid to get help. Because there are credit counseling services, there are debt management plan services, and there are debt consolidation options, sometimes available from your own creditor. So look into those things. They're there to be able to help you to get on the right path to rebuilding your credit. So that's the long and short of everything. And I know a lot of people that have, had, that have been adversely affected by COVID-19. I have friends of mine that themselves had lost their employee. Heck, um, I almost had to shutter one of my companies because of what was going on. But thank God we depended on him, not the government to provide, and God provided. So we're still around. And that's, uh, that's great because I was thinking about my employees' families and their families. And like, they, they depend on all this. So we understand when there's some things that are hit hard. That Like, like I said, act of God. You have no control over those things. But... One of my favorite lines from Batman Begins, why do we fall? So we can learn to get ourselves to pick ourselves back up. So in this case, 
I'm giving you the tips to be able to get, pick yourselves up, to be able to keep going forward. That's why I'm bringing this up in one of my first series of Real Estate 101 to help all of you that are looking to build your plan for retirement, even if it's now or you're halfway there, whatever it might be, real estate's the best option for you to get there. And we all start from the same place with our credit. So leverage the help that you can. There are services available to you. Check with your creditor if you can. And by all means, do not give up, persevere, keep going. And if you do find yourself ready for the next steps, then that's where you can talk to my preferred lender. I can connect you. So you can reach out to me. We can talk to my preferred lender and they'll give you more information or a more refined look as to how you can get to those next steps. Because that's, I think we all want to um, basically get a, um, get a refresher course. Like, okay, this is everything I've been doing. What else can I do to make it better? And sometimes there's options that can benefit you to get you along the way that perhaps I didn't even list out here. So that will never hurt. So like I said, if you think you're ready, then by all means, you're able to contact me. Here's my contact information. And if you want to learn more about real estate and real estate resources, go to www.segoviares.com. And that does it for this edition of The Andre Segovia Show. Remember to like, share, and subscribe wherever you might be listening to the program so you can be in the know. If you want a question featured on the program, you can reach me on Facebook and Instagram, same handle, at The Andres Segovia. And of course, email at andres at segoviares.com. Thank you so much for listening to the program, and I'll see you on the next one.